Our priest is a dying man. The dying men, women, youth. And I will preach as though I will never preach again. So God, God has his reasons for why he saves us in stages. Sanctifies us slowly, makes us fill up every day at his pump. Lest we forget where the gas comes from. Welcome to Follow Me to Heaven, where God's word is truth and your questions matter. I'm your host, Jonathan Romero, and today we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 6. So we are in the last chapter of Ephesians. It's been a long road, but it's been a good one. Uh, we've been learning a lot about God's Word as we uh, go through His Word. And now we're in chapter 6, and we're learning about the roles of children, of the parents. Uh, before, last time, we talked about marriage and how marriage is a profound mystery because it's in connection to Christ and the church, right? There's a picture behind it. There's a, a reason for marriage, right? It's, it's not just that the man can have a woman and be united uh, together. No, there, there's a bigger picture behind that, and that is uh, a connection between Christ and the church. And then we get to the children and the parents, and that's what we're going to be focusing on today. So let's go ahead and read. Uh, let's read from chapter 6, verses 1, and let's read till the end of verse 9. So it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Bondservants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ. Not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or is free. Masters, do the same to them, and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and that there is no partiality with him. So, let's go back to verse 1. Um, and it says this, children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. So this is really simple. It's straightforward, right? And it's in, uh, the context is towards these children. And it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Um, I believe this is obviously, if we look back to the 10 commandments in the number five commandment is 
honor your father and mother, right? So it goes in line with that. And, and Paul actually gets to that. He quotes uh, that in the next verse. But here, um, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. So it, it seems to be that these are children, either believing children or have believing parents who have taught these children uh, what is right in obedience, so this is simple, but this is one that is a call for children to obey their believing parents because it brings God glory, right? It says, for this is right. Right to who? Right for us or right for God or right in God's eyes, right in our eyes? Well, it doesn't matter what we think. What matters is what God thinks. And here, this is right, that the Parents are to be obeyed by their children, right? Um, we, we see how simple this is, but this is also an assumption that the children know what obedience is and were taught by their parents what obedience is, right? And if we continue on going in verse 2, it says, Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, and it continues on, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. So this is a quote that comes from Deuteronomy 5.16, right? That it may go well with you. Honor your father and mother. Um, this is a, a promise. And we, we see in context Deuteronomy 5.16 that the promise was this land that they were uh, coming to. Uh, this was a promise uh, within the Mosaic Covenant people, right? But how is this applied to us who are in a new covenant in Christ? Well, we understand that the Ten Commandments is for all to obey, right? Uh, uh, this is God's standard of holiness or, or righteousness, you could say. But... We must understand that we are fallen creatures. We have fallen away from uh, the glory of God. Right? We have been separated from him and no longer have a relationship with him apart from Christ. Therefore, Christ is vitally important for us in order to be reconciled back to God. So here, honor your father and mother. This is a command uh, uh, to look up to them by obedience because this is right in the Lord. It brings God glory. And as believing children, we are uh, to desire to want to obey God by obeying our parents. Um, this is also uh, in connection between us having a heavenly father. Now we obey our heavenly father who is in heaven, right? But here, uh, this is the only commandment in reference to the family. And since this is a principle, this principle also secures the fulfillment of the family, right? To fulfill this family, there must be submission. There must be children submitting to their parents. 
before we saw the wife submitting to her husband. But above that, the husband has someone else to submit to as well as the wife, and that is God. So there's this structure. It would be God, and then the husband, and then the wife or the parents, the children. Right? You see the children under the parents, and then the parents. Uh, within that, we see the wife submitting to her husband, and we see the whole family submitting to God. So all of this is right in God's eyes. And this is a, a command. This is a call uh, that we must uh, look up to. This is a, a serious commandment because it has a promised promise attached to it. Look at verse 3. That it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Right? So this promise that is attached to this commandment uh, is serious. And then if we continue on, we, we, we look at verse 4 and it says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Right? So when it says fathers, the Greek word could be used two ways. It could be in reference to male fathers, male parents, or it could be in context here as both parents so both parents do not provoke your children to anger father and mother do not provoke your child to anger but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the lord so the most important thing parents must do to their children is bring them to salvation through the proclamation of the gospel right Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Right? This uh, understanding, this idea is that he is making clear that the Christian father's authority over his children does not allow for uh, unreasonable demands, right? Setting, setting rules that do not apply in being a good parent or father. And here, as both parents are being brought uh, uh, to this not provoking your, your child, uh, do not provoke them to anger, right? It, it will put them down in a, in a way that they view submission, something that is not good, right? They're submitting because they have to, and... Uh, not out of a willing fulliness, if that makes sense. Um, but if these are believing parents, then they are to bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And if that is so, they are teaching their children what is right and what is wrong and why it's right and why it's wrong, why we are to submit to God's commands. Right. Remember, this is a serious commandment that has a promise attached to it. And now we are being called the parents to not provoke your children to anger, to not bring them to despair, to resentment. Right. But instead, they are to discipline and instruction of the Lord, bring them up. Right. So what is an obedient child 
that does not have Christ. What good is that? Right? Your child may be uh, a plus student. They might be valedictorian. They might um, have many, many medals um, and, and, and accomplishments. But again, is that the role of the parent for their children? Is to make them successful in this life. But what good is that if they do not have Christ? Right? The need for Christ must be taught and, uh, and must be explained. Must be shown why this gospel exists. Why there is good news. Why it's such good news. Right? We must understand, listen to what Proverbs 13, 24 says. It says, whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. Right? The sparing of discipline actually um, messes up this structure that God has set forth for the parents and for the children. Because it even has a connection between the father and his children, right? Whoever spares the rod hates his son. We're not called to hate our children, but instead we are to love on them. But he who loves him is diligent to discipline him, you see? Listen to what Hebrews says. Hebrews chapter 12 verses 5 through 11, it says this. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, not, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom the father does not discipline. If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. So discipline is good. Look at verse 9. It says, Besides this, we have, an er we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For the discipline, for they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So there's a purpose behind discipline. It says, for the moment, all discipline seems painful. And, and it really is. It truly is. Uh, discipline is not good. But it's meant to teach us. It's meant to bring us uh, up out of where we are to somewhere better. And here it says, But he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. It's for holiness. 
for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later, listen to what it says, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. If we are to be, if we are to be trained and made righteous and produce this peaceful fruit of righteousness, we are to be disciplined. It's a good thing to be disciplined by the Lord because that means he loves you. If God is not disciplining you, does he really love you? Right here we read that we, if we are not disciplined by him, we are illegitimate children and not sons. We are not his children. Right, the same idea uh, is told in James three eighteen. Uh, this is what it says in three eighteen. It says, "And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace." Right. Listen to what it says before that. Uh, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And also, listen to what it says in 1 Timothy 4, 7. It says, Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. Discipline yourselves in a way that is holy and right in God's eyes. Right? We are to be repenters, right? And the, the Eastern Europe, the Christians, they are known as the repenters. And that's whom we are. That's how we are to be known by. We are to be the ones who are truly repenting and continually repenting and growing by God's word. So one way to do that is obey your parents right? The, the simple call. But this simple call that brings God glory is to obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. This is the way. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with the promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Do not put them down, right? And then it says, but bring them up in discipline and instruction of the Lord. We are to train our children rightly so that when it comes to submission, they do it willingly. They, they want to honor God by honoring their father and mother because they'll understand and know that this is the fifth commandment from God uh, given to his people. And it's a call for all uh, to uphold justice and, and, and to be set, made set apart, right? Right. You don't have to teach someone uh, that stealing is wrong. They know it's wrong. So same way, when these children are disobedient to their parents, they know it is wrong. So parents... Teach them right with wisdom. Train them rightly so that they may understand um, how to honor you, 
right? And how are you going to teach them to honor you? Well, you would show them by God's word and through God's word what makes this so important that they are to honor their father and mother. As well as you must be willing to look at yourselves and are you provoking your children to anger or are you bringing them up in discipline and instruction of the Lord? Because if you're doing that, then you are loving on your children. You're not being illegitimate parents, but now you are bringing them up in discipline and instruction of the Lord, right? So, so it's a good thing to bring them up. It's a good thing to show them uh, what the Lord commands of us, instruction of the Lord, right? The law of God is good. One passage I really do like is found in Psalm 1, right? Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and his, its leaf does not wither. In all he does he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So the understanding here is that we must delight in the law of God. We meditate on it day and night. We read God's word in such a way that it is captivating and it's filling because it is our daily bread. So train your children up in a way because when they get older they will not depart from it says the word right so god calls children to obedience god calls parents to obedience to him god calls the family to this fulfillment by honoring your father and mother and by bringing up your children and instruction in the lord so just to recap, the most important thing that parents must do to their children is bring them up in the way, is to bring them to salvation, is to preach to them the gospel. Because if you're not truly giving your children living water, what are they living for, right? You must give them true salvation in the gospel, Teach them why Jesus had to take on flesh, why he walked among men and was, was spat at and then carried the cross to the point of exhaustion and had someone else carry it for him and then hung on the cross because he did that out of love. That is his love toward us whom he died for. So must understand that God does not have grandchildren. Just because you are believers doesn't mean your children are believers, right? It, do, it doesn't extend. No, they must view God as holy and righteous and good and just. They must view God as one who upholds justice in such a way that he views those apart from Christ, sinners, even those who are in Christ, right? We must understand that we are 
continually being sanctified, but we're, we still fall in sin because of our sinful nature. Our flesh still is corrupt. But our inner self is being renewed day by day. But if you're already there and your children are not, then what you must do is call your children to repentance and bring them to salvation by giving them this gospel, right? Teach them repentance and teach them why. Train them why. Um, mankind has fallen away, right? So so this comes to devotionals. This comes to uh, having family sit-downs and reading the word aloud and teaching them. Um, so... So that is a call for all families to to do. And if, if you don't have children and you're just married, um, this is a perfect way to begin. Begin with your wife, husbands. Begin with them and wash them uh, by the word, right? That's what scripture says, right? We, we talked about last time that... The wives are submitting to the husbands, but the husbands are loving their wives. Other uh, husbands are sanctifying her and cleansing her by the washing of water with the word. So that what? He might present the church to himself in splendor without spots or sprinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. So husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Wives, love your husbands by submitting to them and obeying them, right? However, it says in verse 33 of chapter 5, however, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. And then now, children, your call is to obey your parents in the Lord because that is right. It says, for this is right. It brings God glory. If you want to honor God, do that. And then we are given uh, the fifth commandment, which is honor your father and mother. And then verse 4, fathers, parents, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So reflect on this, reread this, dig through scripture. Uh, there's cross references that um, has made it much more simple for us to cross-reference different portions of Scripture uh, that go together with what is being told here. Uh, do that and study the Word um, and keep reading and have devotionals with your families. If you haven't start, done so already, start. It's not too late. This is Follow Me to Heaven with Jonathan Romero. <laughs>